Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. Keep those emails coming in because I really enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Luna Whitcomb specializes in soil biology and nutrient balancing theory. Her practices are all organic in living soil, integrating probiotics, natural farming, and unique inputs. She's also a staff writer for Skunk Magazine and the breeder of the Lunar Cheese line. Full disclosure, I am the managing editor for Skunk Magazine, so I am raiding the staff room today to bring you some of Luna's expertise in cannabis cultivation. Welcome, Luna, to Cannabis Radio. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Vivian. My pleasure. Um, You know, back in the day, as the saying goes, a pot grower might throw some seeds in a jar with a wet paper towel, stick the sprouts in some potting soil, and perhaps sprinkle some gasp, miracle grow, or some, you know, something else in there. And they're kind of off to the races. And today, ace cannabis cultivators are tapping some serious horticultural science. How did you get started as an expert cannabis cultivator? And from where did you learn your chops? Well, I've been cultivating cannabis for 14 years. <clears throat> I originally started my cultivation in, in hydroponics, actually did that for a few years and, and uh, was introduced to living soil cannabis cultivation. And it's just such a wealth of information. It's such a beautiful way of cultivating. And the flower, in my opinion, is, is superior. The, the taste, the aroma, the therapeutic effects just outweigh the, the simplicity of, of hydroponic cultivation. So I originally came into the space learning through forums. I was originally introduced to the idea through forums and was shown probiotic farming in the Probiotic Farmers Alliance back in like 2014, I think is what it was. And it opened up this whole new world to me through microbes and fermentation and different composting practices, earthworm castings, insect frost, um, compost tea making, and I just found it so fascinating. There's so many different applications. There's so many ways to approach it and started learning about organic acids, the physiological effects that they have on plants, the phytohormones, the roles that amino acids play, the roles that specific nutrients play, um, soil composition and how it affects our genetic expression, foliar sprays, all these cool, fun, new tricks with so many different facets to learn about. It just, it opened up my world into microscopy, entomology, enzymology, the list goes on and on. 
And I just found myself in the practice. It, it became such a beautiful practice for me. It, it improved my mental health and improved my physical health and it improved the quality of my cannabis and therefore improved the quality of life of the patients who were consuming it. And that was really rewarding to me. And it just blossomed into what it is today where I'm, I'm doing consultations and I'm offering educational services, creating content on social media. It's just been fantastic. In a way, you're, you know, you're, you learned the, 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 the science of life, right? And I mean, it must, like when you take a walk in the woods now, it must be a totally different experience for you. It really is. It's funny that you say that. It's, it, it's given me an appreciation for the very, very tiny organisms that exist in the world. All the different bacteria and protozoa and nematodes and fungi and lower fungi, higher fungi, fruiting fungi, you know, mycorrhizal fungi. It's, it's just, I, I look at the world differently over the, the course of the past, you know, nine, 10 years of, of diving into this stuff. It's you, you, Humans have such an anthropomorphic focus. We're just so like kind of uh, so full of ourselves, but there's this entire world around us that's just like thriving with life that we don't see, right? Absolutely. And you really kind of get a grasp on that when you start playing with microscopes, Um I, I make a lot of compost teas. I make a lot of ferments and I put them under my microscope and it's amazing the diversity of life that you find in a drop of water. And as sometimes I, I'll see a pond or I'll see someone swimming in a pond or I'll be swimming somewhere and I'll just be thinking of the millions and potentially billions of microorganisms in contact with my body and living on my my skin surface and inside the cells of myself and all the other plants and animals surrounding us it's you know there's this entire world this unseen world that exists at this this microcosm level it's really amazing i mean we could wax philosophically through this whole show and i want to get into growing um but it's but it, you know, we're on this like tiny little microscopic dot in this vast vacant universe that's like dead out there. And down on this little dot, it is teeming with more life than any human could even conceptualize. I mean, isn't that, isn't that mind blowing? It, it really is. It really is. And there's so many different life forms that can exist in that tiny little dot too. Crazy. Um, so you have written with, uh, you've written that, that, that your cultivation methodologies surround organically grown cannabis and custom built unique living soils full of symbiotic biology and diversity of life promoting inputs. Um, before we dive into some specific components, can you just kind of break that down? What is symbiotic biology and the diversity of life promoting inputs? Or is that what you just explained? So I touched on it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Our soil is an ecosystem. Our soil is its own organism. And in a lot of ways, it mimics the microbiome of like a gut, right? Like a stomach, like the soil can be like a stomach. And there are certain components, you know, we have our nutrients, we have our food sources, we have our enzymes, our amino acids that are all different building blocks and serve in different functions. And so what I focus on and what I try to prioritize is creating a symbiosis of organisms um, whether it's plants and the root exudates and the specific metabolites that they secrete through the root exudates being enzymes, carbohydrates, amino acids that feed specific profiles of biology, which then in turn create phytohormones and organic acids that create physiological effects inside of the plant. That's a symbiotic relationship between the plant, 
the biology, <clears throat> the soil, and back to the plant. And in that process, you know, we're also nurturing, <clears throat> excuse me, in that process, we're also nurturing insects, microarthropods, larger, larger insects, you know, predatory mites, larger predatory bugs, and then come in our, our frogs and our lizards and our birds. And it moves through this entire ecosystem and we're nurturing the entire ecosystem through our, our soil and our practices. So that's what I mean by a symbiotic relationship. Um, we're about two minutes for the first break, but you've also written that organic cultivation is very simple yet very complicated and that you focus on custom tailoring systems and programs to fully encompass every needed plant and microbe cellular anatomy element. Do you start with testing the soil? Do you create your own soil? Do you just kind of briefly or quickly outline the process that you begin with in order to end up with the optimum growing medium? So every situation is going to have a different solution. So yes, I do build my own soil, but also um, I amend native soil and help people to complete that process through soil testing um, and also through introducing amino acids, enzymes, polysaccharides, organic acids, and the list goes on. Wow. Wow. I mean, I have, uh, I'm kind of blown away by the level of complexity and sophistication of your approach. Cause I've, you know, the first, uh, you know, pot growing expert I've had on. Um, but I'm excited to dive into some more specifics. I am talking to Luna Whitcomb. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws in the laws. Come back with our second segment. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're coming right back. We're back on here present with Luna Whitcomb. Luna, well, my wife and Conti grew some dank-ass nugs <clears throat> back in the day. Uh, I was mostly going on luck and trial and error, uh, and I lost <clears throat> a few crops in my day. Conti was the real gardener. I've seen some of your mythically large, vibrant plants grown with your expertise. Let's dive into a few specifics. Um, what is the risophagy cycle? Did I pronounce that right? Oh, the <clears throat> rhizophagy cycle. Yes. Rhizophagy. Yeah. So that's um, pretty much, it breaks down to roots, roots and eating, <laughs> the roots eating cycle. Um, the rhizophagy cycle is a process in where, um, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, where plants will secrete very specific profiles of metabolites, um, which are the amino acids, enzymes, carbohydrates, and organic acids that feed specific profiles of biology. And those specific profiles of biology have specific nutrients that they break down and make available. 
An example of this is different nitrogen sources. There's some nitrogen sources that are immediately usable by plants and some nitrogen sources that require energy by the plant to turn it into a usable nitrogen source. And this comes at the cost of ATP, which is adrenosine triphosphate. It's the energy currency within the cell. Um, and it's dependent on phosphorus and phosphate availability. This being important is, is it takes the plant energy to make some nutrients available and some um, that it doesn't take energy to make available. And we have to balance this, this act of what we're giving our plants that take energy from the plant um, and what inputs and, and nutrients and, and compounds that we introduce that you know, provide energy to the plant, to the cell, to make our plants grow larger and thrive and produce larger buds and focuses energy where it's needed or where we want it to be, um, which can be yield, flavor, aroma, terpene profiles, secondary metabolites. And so it's this, this balancing act between providing the plant what it needs, understanding how the soil works, understanding how the plant works, what the cells want to maximize our larger objective. Wow. Um, that's, that's, that's really intense. How about root exudates? Yes. Yeah, so root exudates are a part of the rhizophagy cycle. Um, that's where the plant, you know, collects energy from the sun. It has a whole bunch of different physiological processes, but ultimately what it does is it's secreting those profiles, those enzymes, amino acids, carbohydrates through the roots to create and catalyze processes within the root zone. It also plays into what's called redox, which is, you know, redox potential. It's an it's a measurement of oxidation um, in the soil, which can also change the composition of specific nutrients. Um, and it provides electrons into the soil, which will allow for quicker bonding, quicker uh, covalent bonding and, and changing of, of the nutrients, the chemicals inside of our, our soil to, to make reactions happen faster. So we play with root exudates through like companion planting of different plants. We can add uh, buckwheat is one of my favorite ones because it also secretes specific enzymes that solubilize phosphorus. Rye is a really good one. It's, it's really great at adding um, electrons to the soil, improving you know, your redox potential. And um, you know, there's other ones that people like to add like alyssum, like sweet alyssum, which, which will also bring in beneficial insects for you know, like predators that help fight pests. Um, and then there's some that, that, you know, can attract pests. And so you have to be really careful what you're using. Um, it's also important to keep in mind that you're not introducing species that aren't native to your area. It's always best to use something local. Um, and companion planting can also, it, ha it has some really cool secondary benefits. Uh, for example, plants communicate through terpenes. Um, it's said that that terpenes are are the universal language on our planet, and if and if that there was a communication source that was known as the universal language on planet Earth, it would be terpenes. Uh, microbes can communicate through terpenes. Plants communicate through terpenes and and volatile compounds. So when you add surrounding companion plants to your root zone and to your area surrounding your plants, those terpenes communicate to each other. An example of this is uh, jasmonic acid, which was originally discovered in jasmine flower. Um, jasmonic acid is a stress response hormone and it stimulates uh, like rapid growth. 
it happens when there's like masticating of a plant leaf. Uh, the, the purpose of this in nature would be like if uh, a deer came and chomped on a bunch of your plant, uh, it would create a jasmonic acid response in the plant to signal to the plant to regrow super quickly. We can kind of play with this and harness this by introducing plants in our surrounding area that secrete jasmonic acid like jasmine flower. And it will actually communicate to the plant to grow faster through through volatile compounds, through these compounds that volatize and come into the air and communicate with the surrounding plants. Um, and this happens in the soil too. Uh, plants can communicate with other organisms that then create phytohormones through, through interactions with organic acids and, and carbohydrates and amino acids. The, these biology will then create terpenes that signal things to other microbes in the area for purposes of, of pathogen avoidance um, or for multiplication, you know, to, to stimulate multiplication between organisms, all the biology is communicating with each other. So we can take plant inputs and through fermentation or simply blending them and straining them, we can introduce them to soil to catalyze specific responses um, in our plant and in our, our soil microbiome and it's just it's just so much fun to play with and it it all seems kind of complicated when i explain it in this in this way and and in a lot of ways it is really complicated the very minutia science of it is pretty complicated but it's as simple as going out and blending aloe vera and straining it and watering into your soil or going out and blending you know red beet and watering it into your soil you know these inputs <laughs> these plant inputs they have specific profiles of because that's what happens in nature right in nature you've got other plant components that fall on the ground and decompose right and are absorbed in the soil 100 percent um and these different plant components they have you know what are called polysaccharides they also have lipids and polyphenols um and these all affect biology in the soil polysaccharides they're the the most abundant energy source in nature it's how nature feeds itself, you know, as, as a lot of cannabis growers, you know, people normalized, you know, feeding your soil molasses to, to boost your, 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 your bacteria counts. Right. Um, but in nature, it uses polysaccharides and the difference is it being a monosaccharide, which is a simple sugar or a polysaccharide, which is a more complex sugar. But when you think of sugar, you know, we all kind of think of this, this grainy sugar, right? Very simple sugar, but sugars are very complex. Uh, chitin is a sugar. It's a polysaccharide and it's what builds cell walls of mushrooms and insects. And it's very fibrous. It's not mm -hmm. as simple as, as just uh, this sugar that we, we know. Right, it's right. It's like cane sugar. So right. we're, we're about to go to break, but this, so am I right that like, you know, you're t when when food drops to the ground and things blow in in the wind and it all gets mixed in the soil from that area or that region, that's pretty much what terroir is, right? Terroir or however. You know, yeah, however absolutely. The, the terroir, you know, that's your soil composition, your environmental factors, your your um a light spectrum from the sun where you are. Based right. The dew, the, 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 the dew coming in. It's a whole combination of regional components, right? Exactly. And those specific plants to that area contribute to that terroir because right, of the right. specific profile that they give to the soil. Wow. 
Um, all right. And we're going to, uh, <laughs> we're going to roach this segment and, and come back and fire up a, another fatty segment here in just a minute. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. All right. We're back for the final segment with Luna Whitcomb. Uh, man, I feel like I just took like a crash college course. Um, <laughs> this is just fascinating stuff. Did you, I mean, did you, you learned all this on your own? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I obsessively self-educated for a number wow. of years. <laughs> all right. Um, we just got a couple more things I want to cover and then we'll kind of break it up. Can you talk about organic acids and phytohormones? Yeah, sure. So organic acids, they're, car- they're called carboxylic acids. They're chains of carbon and they all have specific physiological effects on cannabis plants. They have, they, they affect different processes like the Krebs cycle. Um, they, they trigger metabolic processes and flavonoid pathways that then lead to larger secondary metabolite production of, and volatile compounds, um, which are our aroma. So organic acids in the presence in, in living soil are kind of responsible for a lot of the aroma and the flavor that we experience in living soil compared to what we experience in like a more hydroponic grown. Um, and is what I feel like is the, the, the real defining factor, what makes the quality different. And these organic acids, they're um, one secreted by the root exudates from surrounding plants, um, but they're also created by the biology and so it's very important to nurture that biology so that those organic acids can be, be produced in the levels that they're needed by the plant to trigger these physiological processes. But we can also harness them by fermentation um, through tinctures, um, through compost teas, through top dressing um, amendments and nutrients and different inoculants. Um, the, the, the amendments that we use in living soil, you know, there's a huge consortium of, the, of them. There's a wide range of, of things that we use and they all carry specific organic acid profiles. You can look them up. There's databases online, um, phytochemical databases where you can enter in an input and get the organic acid um, profile from it and then go through and look up those organic acids and see the specific physiological effects that they have on your cannabis plants. And this is where people kind of got the idea of like blending up um, uh, sprouted seeds they have very specific profiles of organic acids that that stimulate very specific processes and they implement them during growth stages of the cannabis plant. So for example, alfalfa is great for stimulating vigorous vegetative growth. Um, barley is great for um, starting transition phases, getting phosphorus available, kind of keeping your plant like stout and start shooting like lateral buds and then sprouted corn is a good one for helping your buds finish out and get that nice big swell at the end. And that's because the specific profile of organic acids trigger specific processes that stimulate these phases, these growth phases. And there's an endless amount of techniques like this that are yet to be discovered um, and that are currently being implemented. And all it takes is a little bit of understanding of how these, these systems work, taking an observation of what is growing around you and implementing them into your cultivation process to create a unique cannabis expression, a unique genetic expression and have a flower that is not, um, you can't imitate it. You can't mimic it. You can't recreate it in any other place 
than where you are with the exact soil composition that you have and the exact processes that you're implementing. And that's what I like to help people accomplish. And that's what I like to, to accomplish myself is creating a unique product based on the specific topographical characteristics surrounding you and surrounding your cannabis plants. And I just find that to be an wow. art and a science that is just so beautiful. Uh, that's that's obvious. Um, we only have a couple minutes left. How, how can people follow you and keep learning from your expertise? So you can follow me on Instagram. My hashtag or my, um, my tag is Luna all day. There's only one A. So it's L-U-N-A-L-L-D-A-Y. That's my uh, Instagram handle. Um, I write articles. I'm writing articles for Greenpoint Seeds. Um, I'm writing articles for Skunk Magazine. Um, most of my content I'm doing through Instagram right now. I also have a Patreon that you can subscribe to where I upload whatever it is I'm researching at the time. If I happen to be looking into something new, I'll take the information that I learn and I, and I dump it all into my, my Discord server that you can gain access to through my Patreon subscription. So whatever I'm studying, you get to study too. And everything that I've collected over the years, I dump it in this in this Discord channel and it has all the information that I've been learning. Um, I also do live Q&As on there where you can talk to me and ask questions. You know, I want to take this last 30 seconds to just t- to pick your brain. Do you, do you agree then with all this in perspective that we're being done wrong by our chemically laden monofarming culture that produces our food? And is that, is that a crazy statement or is there some truth to that? So there's a lot of science surrounding the degradation of carbon in the soil through these practices. Um, the changing of soil composition over time by adding these, these salt-based nutrients, these ionic blends. But I think where the big piece is missing in our agriculture practices is the microbes, the enzymes, and the organic acids, which are responsible for a lot of the and, and when, inputs. And when our, our fruits and vegetables are in cold storage for eight to 10 months before they make it to our shelves, right? That can't be helping uh, that stuff. Uh, but there's a degradation of this episode happening right now. So uh, I could talk to you for another hour uh, and probably just scratch the surface. Uh, Luna, you have got your PhD in THC. It's like so impressive, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Vivian. That concludes this installment of Hemp's on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. The Hemp's intro music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Rand, and the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stickerbush. See you next week. Stay strong. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.